And it has to begin with love. It really does because love immerses and we need to submerge everything in love and to live out any of the other fruit of the spirit. It has to start with love. And it has to start with getting that love from God and being connected to the source of all love, all joy, all peace. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Faith, Hope, Love, where we grow together in our faith, increase in hope, and learn how to better love God and love other people. Today, we've got an extra special guest, Carla Gasser. She is the author of The Beauty of an Uncluttered Soul. And so today's episode, we're just going to be talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and the ability of God to really change and transform our lives. It's not the work that we do in ourselves on our own. It's the work that God does in and through us to continue growing us and moving us forward in health. So I'm excited that you're here today. Let's jump on into our episode with Carla Gasser. My name is Carla Gasser. I am an author, a blogger, a writer, a speaker. I, um, like I said, just first uh, released my, my first published devotional. I've been writing for a long time. And um, I have almost four kids. I have I have four kids. I don't have almost four, but I'm almost an empty nester. So I have three boys that are out of the house and my daughter's a senior in high school and she will be launching soon. So that's where I am in life. Yes. (laughs) Exciting, bittersweet. Yeah. So I'm really excited just to have you on the show. Like I, um, I've been reading your book and I've just really been enjoying, um, not just like the beauty of it, because I'm just going to show people it is like just a beautifully made book. I mean, with all the watercolor art and stuff through it. Um, but just like the really good content within the devotionals itself. Um, I'm a, I'm a Greek nerd. People that have been listening to this know that, um, this show, I, I love to dive into that. And so I love that you really touch on that in your book, um, I, I love this. I think this is just such a beautiful, phenomenal book. Um, it belongs on every coffee table, um, but really for any Christian woman that's wanting just to dive deeper into how to grow in her faith, like this is, is fundamental. So I'm really excited that you've put this out. Um, but yeah, I wanted to kind of get to know you more. And um, this series that we're kind of in, we've been going through this momentum series where we kind of focus on this idea that we need to keep moving forward in our faith actively loving God, um, through our emotional, spiritual, mental, and physical health. Um, there's a lot that kind of goes into that, but I, um, I feel like your book really brings to light, like something that's really important, like this idea of like uncluttering our souls. And Mm -hmm. so I would kind of love to see if you could explain a bit about what that means. What I say to people is that I am kind of a decluttering freak. I'm like a type A person. And as I've already mentioned, I had four children, three of them being boys and, For me, maintaining order in my home was a constant battle, and any of you know that. I mean, whether you live with a messy office, you have a lot of children, you know, order is just something. And so, uh, you know, I have to admit that in my tidying tornado moments, when I would just run through my house trying to put everything in its place, I would throw away really important things. Like I've thrown away my kids' retainers, I've thrown away important bills, and I've stuffed things in closets and in drawers never to be found again. And one day when I was actually literally spring cleaning my closet, and I don't know if people do spring clean anymore, but I sure do. I was just, one of my kids had said something to me about me throwing something away. And you know, why are you so obsessed? And why are you so crazy about this? 
And the Lord just really convicted me about my need to order my outside world. I was also going through a detox program with my body. And I was just, I had jumped on the Marie Kondo, you know, bandwagon, you know, does this spark joy? And I was just getting rid of things. And the Holy Spirit just really spoke to me and said, you know, maybe this need and this desire, almost sometimes this obsession for you to order your outside world is symptomatic of something going on inside. Oh, and that hurt. That was a little ouch moment for me to listen to that conviction and to say to myself, yeah, maybe there's some junk cluttering my soul that I need to get rid of. What about going into the junk drawers of my soul and the deep, dark closets of my heart? You know, are there things there that I need to remove, that I need to let the Holy Spirit in to do some decluttering? And that's where where really the journey began. And because like you, I'm kind of a a Bible geek, you know, a word nerd, I, I just kept searching scriptures for a place to start that decluttering, soul cleansing process. And the Lord just kept bringing me back to Galatians and kept bringing me back to the fruit of the spirit. And I just kept going over those nine qualities. And I thought the Holy Spirit promises to develop and cultivate these in every believer. So why aren't some of these growing? Why aren't they being produced in my life? And I realized that, you know, the, the issue was they were, I was cluttered it up with other things. And so, you know, why wasn't I exhibiting more patience? Maybe at that time with my husband and my children, it was because I was too critical. I was too judgmental that that, that needed to be cleared out and decluttered. And so I know that's a long answer to a short question, but it really was a personal journey for me that led me to going through this decluttering process. I think you really touched on something really powerful there that it's, it has to be intentional. Like, I feel like for those of us that are kind of more that type a, it's easy to go unclutter our homes. And there's so many resources out there to teach us how to do that. Um, and there's so much encouragement within our culture to go do that type of stuff. But I think we need to use that same intention in doing that in our own souls and, and actively pursuing the spirit. I think it's, it's so easy to want to be like, I just want to have more love or joy or peace and pursuing like the idea of like, okay, what can I do practically to gain those things? But it's instead of doing that, like, how do I pursue God? And those things will just grow Mm -hmm. in my life. And, you know, how do I use the same um, intentionality that I do with my outside world? Um, Use that same intentionality with growing my spirit, my soul. Um, I, again, I love your book. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to share it with people. Um, I really like that you talk about the idea of searching, observing, using, and leaning. Like I've mm-hmm. never heard that, um, that broken down that way before. So I really enjoyed that. So you. would you mind kind of giving an example of how to kind of do that with the, the first fruit love? Sure. I created that acronym myself. Um, I, like I said, I am a teacher first and a speaker second, and then maybe a writer dead last. And so I write like I teach. And for me, as the older I get, the more I need acronyms and I need you know, tools and resources to help me remember things. And I wanted to systematically, like I said, I'm an ordered person, go through the fruit of the spirit. So I came up with this acronym SOUL. And if we take that um, acronym for the first chapter, LOVE, The first thing you will do, and this is the same in every chapter, 
you search the scriptures. And it was really important to me in the book. And I worked very hard with my publisher and actually printing out a lot of the scriptures that had to deal with it. Um, you know, I can be lazy too. And there can be a reference in a book and, you know, to a Bible verse and nine times out of 10, I don't go and look it up. You know, I'm, I'm guilty of doing that. Or maybe I say I want to, but if I don't have my Bible nearby, or like I said, I'm just apathetic and I don't do it. So that first section, I list all the verses, not every verse that would pertain to love, but some of the key ones. So that's under search. So you'll see how many times love comes up in the Bible and how many times throughout the Old and the New Testament, we're talking about this kind of love. O is for observe. And what we need to look at, like you said, is that Greek word, right? We need to get to the Hebrew and the Greek. What does love look like biblically? Because we all have definitions of love, don't we? And our society has a lot of definitions of love, but we need to observe it within the context of scripture. This isn't my knowledge. This isn't my experience. I try to base everything on God's word. So that's what you're doing and observe. So what we observe about love in the Bible is that it is not self-seeking, that it puts others first, that it's about sacrifice, that love, here's a big one, is not an emotion. Love is a choice. So that's what you do in the observe section and then use, it's like, how do I use this? How do I live this out? How do I practically apply this kind of love? And so I try to give you some really practical helps there, some really practical ideas like love the person right in front of you. And you know what? We need to do more and more of that in our society today. I mean, people are scared, people are worried. We can't see people's faces anymore. How do you love the person right in front of you in the grocery store, out walking, making eye contact, saying something? That's loving. How do you love the unlovely? How do you love someone who you know can never repay that? who might even reject your love or reject it. Those are the kinds of things. And then L is lean. And I, a lot of people ask me, why is the book illustrated? You know what I mean? Why did, why? And that was really important to me. And, and it was a very intentional choice because like I said, for those of us that want to rush through, for those of us who want to just check off lists, beauty slows us down. At least it slows me down right? When I see a sunset, when I see God's creation, when I see anything beautiful, I, I do pause. My spirit does take that in. And so this lean section was really important to me in the book for you to look at the beautiful um, watercolors in the book. But also I ended with a prayer, a poem, song lyrics, something for you to stop and say, okay, I'm going to lean into God's spirit. I cannot produce this kind of love on my own. I'm surrendering, I'm submitting, I'm saying, okay, Lord, you uncover what it is in my soul that needs to be removed so that I can start living and walking in this kind of love. And so every fruit of the spirit, all nine chapters kind of goes through that systematic soul acronym. And I, I think creating it in a way that's concise and easy to remember people can use that same thing for other Bible passages. Like exactly. after they're done with your book, I mean, I love that it's so easy, easy to apply. Um, I want to actually just kind of show briefly, um, obviously if someone's listening to the audio of this, they will not be able to see this, but mm -hmm. I, I want to touch on what you kind of just mentioned where there's the, um, there's the Bible passages 
fully written out. And then there's opportunities to write it in yourself with other verses. And I think that there's something so powerful again, in that idea of slowing down enough to, to really be able to soak in the Bible. And it's, you know, when you're reading just like a, a nonfiction book, generally it's, it's very easy just to kind of read, 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 read. Whereas this it kind of forces you just to, to slow down, even the way it's laid on on the page. And I, I think there's something so valuable to, again, immersing ourselves in God's word daily. And this makes it an enjoyable experience, not just again, being in the presence of God, but like, it's really, it, it's so life-giving. Um, and I, again, I want to touch on something else that you've mentioned about the power of love that when, you know, when we're immersing ourselves in God's presence and in his word, and he's changing our hearts, it doesn't just affect us, but it affects all the people around us. And that's so, so powerful. Um, and it really has the potential to change our world. If, you know, if every single church person were to live that out, man, our world would look so different. Um, I do want to kind of dive into maybe uh, a little bit about you personally. So if, you know, maybe some of my listeners maybe have not heard of the fruit of the spirit. So I would love if you would kind of share what those are and how um, you've seen personal growth in your life personally. And I think the other thing I just want to circle back with about love is that what I learned in studying the fruit of the spirit and they are the nine attributes, soul qualities that the Holy Spirit promises when every believer comes to Christ and accepts him and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of them, that these fruit would be produced. Um, first of all, that I think it's very intentional the way Paul is writing this in, in Galatians, the apostle Paul, that he sets this up. And I never realized this, you know, I've been a Christian a long time. I've studied the fruits of the spirit for a long time. I never really understood the order of them, but they are, and I'll just read them, love, joy, peace. And those deal with our attitudes. I break it up into three sections, and that means our vertical relationship with God. And it has to begin with love. It really does because love immerses and we need to submerge everything in love and to live out any of the other fruit of the spirit. It has to start with love and it has to start with getting that love from God and being connected to the source of all love, all joy, all peace. The next three patience, kindness, and goodness deal with our relationship to others, our actions, how we live it out, those horizontal relationships that are so difficult. But we understand that if we don't have love, we cannot reach out to someone in patience or kindness or goodness. And so it's ordered very, like I said, intentionally. And then the last three, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are the habits that we can incorporate in our daily lives, again, to, to live out the fruit of the spirit. I love how self-control is last instead of first. That was another light bulb moment for me because I thought, well, of course it has to start with self-control because I need self-control to do all these things. But if it started with self-control instead of love, then it would be all about us. It would all be about my effort, my strength, my ability, and it's not we are not able to produce the fruit. Just like if I go outside and I plant a flower, I can water it, I can you know, get the right conditions, I can put it in the sun, I can do all of those things, I can fertilize it, but I can't make any of those flowers grow, right? And it's the same way here. So self-control has to be last. And I talk a lot about, about the book that self-control is really God control. It's really spirit control. It's really submitting and saying, I know I can't do this on my own. So I am submitting to God who is stronger and 
you know, gives me the grace to do this. So that basically is how the fruit of the spirit work here. And people say to me, sometimes I think it's great to go through the book from the beginning, you know, starting at the beginning and going to the end. But I've also had people say, you know, I was really struggling with peace. So I just read the chapter on peace. Or if you read it all the way through, and then you go back at certain points in your life when you're dealing with things. So, and I also feel that if you've never, ever done a Bible study or a devotional before, it's accessible to you. I had someone who said that they were going to join um, a group of women decided to do this more as like their book club book. And not everybody in there had ever done a Bible study a devotional. One woman said, I'm not even going to buy the book. I'm just going to come the first time and listen because I don't know how to do anything like this. Like I, she was afraid she was intimidated. So they met the first week. She had already bought the book. She had done the first chapter and she was mad at the ladies because they weren't talking enough about it. So there's that example. And then I have some of my friends who I feel like are way more well-read than I am that have studied the Bible for years that are doing this as well and going deeper and digging deeper. So it's really, you know, you can use it simply as a book club book and discuss it. But if you want to dig deeper and spend a lot more time, I think I give you enough opportunities that for those of you that are spiritually mature and wanting to dig deeper, you can do that as well. That's what's so cool to me about the word of God. I mean, it's like the literal breath of life. And that same word breath is the same one that's used for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I really believe that like the, the Bible is not just for the first time reader. It's something that we need to be pouring into every day. And whether it's your first time reading it or you've read it a hundred times, there's something new there. And I think mm-hmm. this, um, there's this, again, this continual process. I want to touch on what you talked about with the self-control. I know for me, when I was in college, I was, you know, I'd been a believer my whole life, but there were those different issues that like, I just was really struggling with. And it was kind of like this idea, like I just wanted that quick and I wanted to self-control it rather than allowing and asking for God to do that work in me. And I think that that's the thing that a lot of people will come to the church for, or, you know, whether you're Christian or not wanting that quick life change, like whether it's with addiction or mental health, or, um, I mean, a vast variety of other things that we kind of call out to God for grief, maybe. And it's, it's something that I've been finding and, you know, just through studying God's word is that it's it's not a quick fix. Like this is something that's a lifelong journey, um, especially with self-control. I, I appreciate you saying that being last, um, Cause again, that's something that I personally have wanted just to like, just figure it out. You know, I love what you'd said about how it's broken into three sets as well. I had not thought of that way with the first three being our God and, you know, self relationship, the next three are others relationship. And then that third with, with, you know, ourselves and, and, you know, continuing to build those healthy habits. Um, is there like one in particular that really stands out to where you are in your life currently? I think that one of the other bandwagons that I think a lot of Christian women are jumping on right now, and I want to be careful in um, giving a little caveat here that I don't think this is a bad thing, but I think maybe we've gone too deep into it is the whole personality type thing. There's a lot of personality tests out there, a lot of books on it. And I feel, um, and again, this came from an interaction from someone who read the book, and it also came from some personal conviction. When I got to gentleness, (laughs) I said, well, 
I'm just not a gentle person. I don't think that's how God created me. I had this image of what a gentle woman was and she was quiet and maybe shy and maybe, you know, not so much a leader or all of those things. And I thought, well, gentleness might not just be for me because God didn't create me that way. And I had another woman, you know, call me up and we talked a lot about this and we realized that these are personality traits. <laughs> these are soul qualities that God wants all of us to develop and work on. And they might look a little different based on our personality type, but we can't check in and out of each one based on saying something like, well, I just don't think it's my personality to be kind. You know, God didn't really create me that way. God created and wants every believer to to manifest things. And the other thing that you talked about this whole process, it's really that big word that we use that I don't want to scare anyone off with is sanctification. But we're never going, I'm never going to get to the point and neither are you in this lifetime where I check it off and say, okay, I got love down. I've got kindness. I've got goodness. This is something just like a great tree produces fruit until it dies. We are to produce fruit to continuing to produce fruit our entire life. And it's gonna be a different piece of fruit depending on our season, depending on where we are, but we have to continually be producing it and allowing the spirit to produce it in us. I, so I personally have jumped on that personality train and I'm, I'm trying to like process through that right now. And I think that there's something with what you just said is that you know we're all called to the fruit of the spirit. And, you know, I think about like my innate personality, I'm like, I'll just be honest, like pride is a big thing, vanity and all this. And these are, and the other, all the unmentionable things, that's the fruit of the flesh. And like, I think for us to be able to look at ourselves critically and say, man, my natural tendency as a human is to do these things, but that's not an excuse to do that any longer. If we are um, in, in Christ, we have access to the Holy Spirit our lives should look different. And it's again, whether it's goodness or self-control, you know, um, patience, kindness, any of those things, we're never exempt from that due to our personality. Yeah. It's just God saying, Hey, you are a broken person and you need me in order to live like the way I built you intentionally to live, you know, from the garden. Like we were intended to have these beautiful whole relationships with God and other people. And even within our own, our own souls, and we've lost that. And so I, I, I love that you've, again, kind of divided that out into saying, hey, we got to work on this stuff, guys. Like we need to work on this because this is what God wanted from us from the beginning. We have to, we have to take time intentionally um, to do this work in ourselves and, and obviously to seek God to do the work in us. Um, I would love just to hear how women can continue to follow you as um, we close this out, um, just to kind of um, hear more from you. I know that you do speaking and blogging and, and all the things. So um, if you would mind sharing like your social media and your website so we can connect with sure. you further. My ministry is called At the Crossroads. It's a very simple tagline where faith and life intersect. And that's what I write about. That's what I speak about. That's how I try to encourage mainly women to just how do we connect our faith and our life in meaningful and real ways? And sometimes it's messy, sometimes it's not pretty. So my website is just my name. It's www.carla with a C, gasser, G-A-S-S-E-R.com. 
And I try to blog almost weekly. I send out you know, weekly to monthly newsletters. You can find out about my speaking there. You can watch a video about the book. You could see inside the book there. And you can reach out to me. I really, really desire to connect with the women who hear me um, speak and teach and write. That is one of the joys of the ministry for me is connecting with real people. Um, on Instagram, I'm trying to be much more active on Instagram. My handle is just Carla Gasser ATC for At The Crossroads. I have a Facebook page that's At The Crossroads as well. So you can connect with me in all of those places. I would love to hear, maybe if you have one like last final thing to kind of share with listeners. I was signing someone's book this morning, a woman who had stopped by and you know, I just looked at her and I knew she could have had a rough week. She had, we had been missing each other all week for her to stop by. And what I wrote in the book was, you're beautiful. And I think every woman kind of needs to hear that, but there's so much more beauty in your soul that God wants to uncover and unclutter and allow him to do it. Allow him to do it. It is not an easy process. Let me tell you, I'm still working on it. I'll be working on it the rest of my life but it is so rewarding and it has allowed me to let go of some of those other things that we talked about at the beginning. It really has. It has allowed me to walk in more patience and peace and joy. And so that's what I would say to every woman and that you're not alone. I'm walking this journey with you. And if you have questions, if you have comments, if you agree or even disagree with something, reach out to me. Let's work on it together. Let's walk through it together. You know, you are already beautiful. You've been created in the image of God, but there's so much more beauty in your soul and you need to work with the spirit to unclutter it and to let it shine. Thank you so much, Carla, for joining us on the show today. I am so thankful for having you on here to be able just to learn from you and to grow. Um, just hearing you speak is so, so encouraging. Um, but to our listeners, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If you have not yet picked up your copy of The Beauty of an Uncluttered Soul, definitely do that today. We will be doing a giveaway also in our um, women's community, the Faith, Hope, Love Women's Community on Facebook to give away a copy of Carla's book. And I know that it will be such a huge encouragement to you as you continue to grow in your relationship with God and grow in the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I'm excited to continue growing with you in faith, hope, and love. I'll see you all next week.